This is Yardley Smith, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is Emmy Award-winning actress and voice of Lisa Simpson, Yardley Smith. Yardley has been the voice of Lisa Simpson on The Simpsons for 32 seasons since 1987. She's appeared in movies including As Good As It Gets, City Slickers, and TV shows like The Big Bang Theory and Mad Men. Yardley co-founded the Paperclip Production Company and co-hosts and co-produces the Small Town Dicks podcast. We talk about her life growing up and her experience in Hollywood during this podcast episode. Welcome to Five Questions, Yardley. Thank you, Dan. I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm a huge fan. How did coming from a family who worked in the arts inspire you to become an actress? And what keeps you motivated to continue to develop projects? I'm the only actor in the family, and I'm also the only one who didn't get into college, so... I'm, I'm the slacker. But I knew from such a young age, I would say five, six, that I wanted to be an actor. It was a place where I could express myself. It felt like all of the permissions had been given. To your point, I would say, so I, my favorite medium is stage because I love the sort of fly by the seat of your pants aspect of everybody sees the whole picture the whole time as opposed to in film and television where they can really craft a performance by only showing you what they want you to see at any given moment. The other thing it taught me, especially when I was on Broadway, I was, I took over for Cynthia Nixon in The Real Thing where Jeremy Irons and Glenn Close were starring and Christine Baranski played my mom and Peter Gallagher was in it, like everybody was in it. And this was back in 1984. It taught me extraordinary discipline because what I learned was no matter if I had had a bad day, if I'd had four auditions before the show and didn't get any of those jobs or a fight with my boyfriend or what, nobody fucking cares. You better pull up your socks and get on with it. And that was a tremendously valuable lesson. No excuses. Play like a champion. <laughs> I want to go back to your childhood for a second. So you were teased for your unusual voice, yet the voice is now part of TV history and has amounted to great wealth and fame. How do you handle this teasing during childhood and start to appreciate your unique voice as you aged? I didn't handle it well. I was teased mercilessly for having a funny voice. You feel as though there will never be a break in the clouds when you have been ridiculed for something that is so much a part of you. And I never considered voiceover. The good news is that I was also not an actor who ever said no to an audition. So when my agent said, Yardley, there's this audition for this cartoon, they're going to do these bumpers on the Tracy Ullman show, I was like, okay, all right. As long as it doesn't get in the way of my plan for world domination. The Simpsons is the best job in the world, and Lisa Simpson is one of the best characters ever created in any time ever for a woman to play. You have to audition all the time because all it takes is one to be that next step to get you to the next phase of your career and you can build so much off that. You never know how it's gonna play out and then people might see you and then a year or two later, they might think of, oh, I might wanna cast her for this other thing, but she wasn't right for that thing two years or three years ago. So I think that's really, really smart. And speaking of The Simpsons, how are you like Lisa Simpson and why do you think she has resonated with people for the past 30 years? I'm not as much like Lisa Simpson as I would like to be. We're similarly 
tender-hearted. You could accuse Lisa of being a perfectionist, and I certainly am a recovering perfectionist. I think Lisa Simpson has taught me resilience. She never loses her sense of humor. And even if she does, then 22 minutes later, she's gotten it back. And there's something about swimming upstream and going against the grain, I think, that resonates with people. And being brave enough to be vulnerable and also speak your truth, to stand up for the little guy, to do the things that are unpopular. Everybody wants to identify with a character or a person like that. And I, I tell everyone that perfection is a weakness disguised as a strength. As in, people wear perfection as a badge of honor, yet it causes them to go through all these cycles and them never actually completing a project. An analysis of 2,000 movies by Polygraph found that women get less dialogue in Hollywood films the older they get. In your experience, why do you believe older women are still underrepresented and what could be done to change that? So I think there's this false notion, this erroneous idea that nobody wants to hear from older women. The truth is, older women, we drive a huge portion of the economy to not serve that audience with people who look like us, who have gone through aspects of life like us. There is a movement to seed the business with more diversity. You have to include women in that equation. I completely agree about the importance of the that demographic because women are the big influencers in a household. Once you pair that with the fact that boomers in general, they're more likely to vote and they have the most money, it's clear that you don't want to avoid that demographic. And I would say there's sometimes a push for, okay, if we're going to get more diversity, we're going to get more women in front of the camera with larger parts, we need to get rid of all the middle-aged white men who currently run Hollywood. I don't actually think that's the answer either, because again, it flies in the face of what diversity actually means, what it stands for, what it is. We need that perspective as well. It's just that we don't need only that perspective. We did a fantastic movie my production company called Gossamer Folds that stars a transgender African-American woman. She told us that when she got the part, she actually couldn't believe it because she had heard so many no's throughout her career. I'm definitely hopeful, though, because I think a lot of Hollywood and corporate America and even our school system, it does reflect our overall demographic. There'll be more non-whites than whites in the next decade. And yes. I think that will end up making its way across the board. Diversity is very broad. When I look at diversity, it could be race, gender, generation. Diversity is very all-encompassing, and I think that the more holistic, larger view is, is important. I'm an optimist at heart, and so I completely agree with you there. And what's your best piece of career advice? My best piece of advice to really anyone in any field is failure is a matter of perception. I had a shoe line for five years and I made shoes in Italy and I didn't know squat about designing shoes, but I knew I needed some beautiful, comfortable shoes to carry me through my day because I have a lot of clothes. And I thought there aren't any and I can be part of this solution. My business partner, Ben Cornwell, is still my business partner in our production company, was the guy who ran the business. Now some people, because I closed the company after five years, and while we made money, we never made a profit, would say, well, Yardley, I mean, that was an abject failure. And I would heartily disagree. First of all, I learned so much about being the head of a company. I learned how much I love collaboration, how much I value people in their field 
field of expertise. You know, it was extraordinarily fulfilling for me. And I think it takes as much courage to shut something down as it does to start something up. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Yardley. To follow her journey, you can listen to her Small Town Sticks podcast and find her on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter where she shares her recipes, family pictures, appearances, and travels. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan Shaw Bell. And please remember to rate and review the five questions podcast on iTunes. (laughs) 